Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here we go. We're back. Bears Nation podcast after a little bit of a hiatus. Wait, well, did you guys do an episode while I was gone or no? Well, we did one on the 3rd of January, so it's still been okay. 25 days, but yeah. Yeah, so took a little break, took a little hiatus while the playoffs are going on. You know, not a lot of Bears stuff to really talk about. We didn't want to do an episode when one little shrapnel of news came out and, you know, make it a very brief episode. So today... We have a bunch of stuff from the past three, four weeks to round up, talk about, and get to for the Bears fans, and we are going to do it efficiently because Chris Nano has class in about 40 minutes, so let's get to it. Myself, Jake Hassan, as always, joined by Kevin Lapka and the aforementioned Chris Nano. Boys, good to be back. We can do quick hellos and get into it, so your opening statements. Yeah, it feels good to be back, uh, back with the boys talking some Bears football. There's actually a lot of talk about a lot of these rumors and things before free agency uh, hits in a few weeks. So uh, it's exciting to be back talking some Bears football. It's been a while, so glad to be back on the pod. Yeah, uh, feels good to be back, uh, like always. And, you know, just going to try to make the best of it. Um, And, you know, just feels good to be talking to you guys again. Absolutely. So let's just start with. Uh, you know, the thing that happened a couple days ago, this is most recent Bears ties. Um, Phil Rivers, Philip Rivers is not going to be brought back by the Los Angeles Chargers. Spent his whole career there. Uh, hasn't been the same player that he used to be in the last few years. Uh, has declined. But, I mean, the guy still has a heck of an arm. And he's still got that, those leadership qualities and, I mean, we saw it even when the Chargers started to slip this year. And I still don't hate the fit with the Bears. I still don't hate, uh, you know, the possibility of bringing him in and putting him in with Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel and a tight end and one who we'll talk about a little later in this podcast. But bring it all together. Um, I will say this uh, to start this conversation. I don't think this happens just because the Bears seem so dead set on Trubisky and, you know, because if you bring him Phillip Rivers, you're not bringing him in to try out. You're bringing him in to be the guy and be your quarterback. And I think what the Bears are going to try and do and what's most likely is that they do some kind of competition and they do some kind of battle to make the guy, whoever ends up coming out of this, earn it, quote unquote. And uh, they don't want to just sign someone and be like, all right, here we go. This is it. Um, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Those are my personal feelings. I still wouldn't hate bringing him in if that is the case if they do want to do a competition he agrees to that 
I'm on the same boat because it's highly unlikely, but I'm also like, yeah, like I, I wouldn't hate it. And the weird thing to me is we have people on Twitter saying they'd rather have Andy Dalton or Cam Newton. But then when this news about Philip Rivers came out, they're they're all bashing Philip Rivers and how he's declined in the past few years or whatever. But they're still okay with having Andy Dalton or Cam Newton. And neither of those guys are more established than Philip Rivers is. I mean, yes, he threw 20 interceptions this year, most of them back-breaking interceptions in the fourth quarter. But he also threw for 4,600 yards. He still has talent. Um, he, he, he understands that he's nearing the end of his career. He's got a family to go to. He's not looking for big-time money uh, and a long tenure with a different team he's looking for a short stint and probably to chase a ring and you know say what you want the bears are a team that has super bowl talent they're going to be a, a team where players who want to go chase a ring are going to come in the off season um so it, it, we really don't know i mean with the hirings and everything we don't i mean they, they've commit they've said they've said they want to commit to Trubisky, but whether that's the truth or not we're not really sure so um it, it's worth talking about because you have to really exercise every option with this quarterback situation yeah, so, you know, during the season, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, there was this whole, like, this this topic came up about Phillip Rivers potentially, you know, signing with the Bears in the offseason, whatever. Um, and, you know, I was completely against it. But, you know, after how the season played out and all that, um, just looking at the realistic options, and I agree with you guys that, you know, Phillip Rivers isn't necessarily, um, you know, it, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's likely that it'll happen, but. Um, you know, it is it is a possibility. And out of all the realistic possibilities, I mean, if for me, other than Cam Newton, I mean, Philip Rivers is probably your best option. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think Philip Rivers is all that I, I feel I feel like I'm lower on him throughout his career. I've been lower on him than pretty much than just about anyone. I, I just don't see it with Rivers. But with all that being said, um, you know, j just like I said, just looking at the at the you know people that are realistic, I think I mean other than Cam Newton for me, Philip Rivers has to be the guy. I mean, you know I, I don't know how you can possibly ask for a guy like Andy Dalton over Philip Rivers, something like that. To, to me, does not make sense. Yeah, Philip Rivers <laughs> and Kevin, you both brought it up. The Andy Dalton like versus Philip Rivers thing, I think is far and away like. Keep Andy Dalton as far away from me as possible. Like, I want nothing to do with that. I do not want any of that Andy Dalton smoke because that is a terrible idea. Um, Andy Dalton, you, if you pick up Andy Dalton, you're getting a bootleg Mitch Trubisky. Like, yeah. it's it the same. You're The results are still going to be extremely underwhelming. Um, I still... You know, I still like the Alex Smith option if he does pursue football this year. Um, but Philip Rivers, like, you could do worse. I get where you're coming from, Chris, with a lot of your arguments. And, you know, I, I do think it'd be worth a look. I do think, though, he I think he's going back to Tennessee, you know, where he's from. Ooh. I think he goes to Tennessee. He's from there. I, so. I believe he lives there, uh, like, in the off season. So I, I think that's probably the most likely option. Uh, or he just retires. I, I that man has fifty kids, so <laughs> I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he retires either. So yeah, yeah. that'll be something to watch. Go ahead, Kevin. I don't. I mean, the the Titans have Ryan Tannehill, and he although he had kind of like 
you know, not the greatest playoff performances. They still won two football games against the the Patriots and the Ravens. But to me, when I look at the Bears QB competition here, I'm looking for somebody who can energize this team. Uh, whether that's Mitch Trubisky coming back and doing that, whether that's Cam Newton coming in or Phillip Rivers, those to me are three guys who could energize the team and energize the city of Chicago going into 2020. Bringing in Andy Dalton makes me feel horrible at the 2020 season. Energize? No, not at all if you bring in Andy Dalton. So, I mean, I was tweeting the other day. I was like, just think just think about the swagger this team would have if Cam Newton came in here and, and how they would walk around and how you know they would act. I mean, that would just be so cool. They would have a different type of energy. And I honestly could see that from Phillip Rivers as well. You know, he, he's a trash talker. He plays with a lot of energy. Uh, he's got a lot of experience, and he, and he plays hard. So, um, it, it, from from simply from that standpoint, I want to find a guy, whether it's Rivers, Newton, whether it's Mitch again, who can energize this city and energize this ball club in 2020, because that's exactly what this team needs. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it, it's just it, it's just one of those things. I think Jake pretty much hit it on the head here. It, it, it's, I mean, Andy Dalton. If if you go into the season with Andy Dalton and Mitch Trubisky, I mean, I don't know how you can head into that and and you know feel confident about that. That's just you know that that signing Andy Dalton would feel like a pretty big desperation move, at least in my opinion, from Pace, um, just to kind of cover up the the cracks per se. But um, yeah, I I think you know it's crazy because I feel like you know I've seen on Twitter recently that a lot of Bears fans are are warming up to the idea of Andy Dalton which I'm actually surprised about I'm I'm very surprised about There is a lot of surprise and the thing is this is just the tip of the iceberg with the quarterback talk it's not going to stop every single time someone you know goes I saw it with a tweet the other day that Somebody uh, close to the Saints, some Saints reporter, I think in Louisiana, tweeted something like that the Saints believe Taysom Hill can be a franchise quarterback in the future. And people were getting all worked up thinking that this means Brees is done. And, um, you know, Chris, me and you had an exchange where uh, Brees maybe is retiring because Russell Wilson gave him his spot in the Pro Bowl. Um, Yeah, that doesn't seem like his style. I don't know. That's. To me, that seems like a lot of reading between the lines. And, you know, you know, it just seems like we're I mean, of course, this is dumb to say we're not going to know until we know. Yeah, obviously, Jake, way to go to point that one out. But I, I just think like Bears fans especially are going to read a lot into a lot of into everything and anything that comes out. They're going to be looking for the stuff. And I don't blame those fans. I mean, obviously, when you think about or hear the possibility that Drew Brees could be available, especially with Drew Brees and even Philip Rivers, clearly, and all the Cam Newton hype we heard even in season. You know, people yeah. are looking for options. People are looking at, all right, how do we get, how does this team get back on track and what do we do here and what what do we do next? So I don't blame them, but I think it's going to be a long time until this quarterback situation becomes clear. I think it's going to be after the draft until we know what's going on there. I want to talk about the Drew Brees thing because I tweeted a thing out about 20 days ago and I said, you know, exercising the idea of New Orleans actually choosing Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Brees and then Drew Brees leaving the Saints. And I got destroyed on Twitter. People were coming at me, telling me I was an idiot, telling me all these things. And, and, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know, you know, why not? I mean, you, you look at the New Orleans Saints, you've got Drew Brees, right? Yes, obviously, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's up there. He's a surefire Hall of Famer, first bat Hall of Famer. Um, everybody loves him. But if you want to talk about how they played with Teddy Bridgewater, fantastically, they played with Teddy Bridgewater. And you could start your future with him now. 
And then, you know, Drew Brees would probably say, I need to go to a Super Bowl contending team because the reason he's played this far already is because he knows that the talent that they had in New Orleans was Super Bowl level. They didn't get it done, but he he wanted to chase that one more ring before his career was done because that's what he wanted to do. And and if if again, extremely unlikely, highly unlikely, but if New Orleans says, look, we wanna you wanna sit with Bridgewater here, we wanna develop Bridgewater, we want him to be the future franchise quarterback of the Saints, tell me why not Brees would not go to the Chicago Bears be reunited with Ryan Pace, go to a Super Bowl uh, caliber team and, and possibly lead them to there. I know it is a crazy possibility, but it, it's not, it's not, you know, stupid. It, it's not stupid. It, it's highly unlikely, but it would make sense uh, if all that were to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's like you said, you know, it, it's unlikely, but anything is possible. I mean, I know a lot of Bears fans were saying Khalil Mack, um, you know, Pace making a move for Khalil Mack was was impossible and look what happened, you know. So it's just and I know these are two completely different situations, but um, it it just goes to show that really anything can happen in the sport. And, you know, fans like to fans like to think that they know what's going on behind closed doors, but nobody really does. So um, it is just going to be a wait and see game. Um, but yeah, hopefully they just, you know, they, they look at every possibility and just make the best decision. I hope they make the best decision. I hope they yeah. wouldn't make the worst decision. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you know what the way things have gone, yeah. man, it's never right. Gone. Well, that is a segue perfectly into the current relationship, the bears ownership and front office and executives have with the fans. Um, and it's not good, uh, because ticket prices went up. They are among the Bears ticket prices are now among the highest in the league. I think only the Patriots, um, you know, you make fans spend more on a fan experience, but they're the Patriots and they win championships and they can do that. Um, Other teams on that list. I just had I lost it. Other teams on the list include the Seattle Seahawks, Denver Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. You get the picture. Um, These are all teams that have won championships in the last decade in the last 10 years um you know this includes the Steelers the Saints as well so and the Bears are second they're among these teams like the Seahawks and like the Eagles um I mean boys this is not a good way to appease a fan base that is already angry with you for the way the season has gone and I know that's not really on the guys on the business side of the building but it's still not a good look no, I mean, Soldier Field is one of the smallest stadiums in the NFL, so that's partially a reason why ticket prices are so high in the first place. It's because it's you're, you're the third biggest city in America and one of the smallest stadiums in the NFL, so that's how that works out. But it, the, it's the fact that they raised it 4% after going 8-8, eight and eight, it just really makes zero sense to me. Um, you know, one of the greatest things that a team, the a value the team can have, an organization can have, is its relationship with its fans. They moved training camp to Hallis Hall. While, sure, it'll be closer to some people, it'll be better for the players, um, you know, the fans standpoint still something that should be valued and it takes a little bit away from that so it's concerning because you know Ted Phillips I think we've all been pretty critical of Ted Phillips and what he's done uh, I'm fine with what the McCaskies have really done over time but uh, I really just hope that this growing disconnect between the fan base and the Chicago Bears organization does not continue um, because you know it's something where you want to go to every game and you want every single game to be sold out you want the fans to love this team and love the and I know they do I know all the fans love this team but you want to see that reflect by the front office you want to see that reflected uh by the organization because you know the fans are the the base of every organization of every team you know uh they really hold it all together um so you know they they help make it run so i'd love to see a little bit more um 
you know, praise towards the fans in that regard. Yeah, the the, the best thing, um, the one thing I, that I like that you said, Kevin, was the thing about how there's a there's a disconnect. Um, you know, the, the one word I feel um, I feel like we can describe the relationship between the fans and the front office is is uh, shaky. It just feels, you know, something just it it, it doesn't feel right. It feels kind of unsettling. Just um, you know, it feels like the fans don't really trust the front office. And, you know, how can you blame them? Um, so, yeah, like, like you guys said, you know, this is something that hopefully will get solved pretty quickly because that's that's one thing you don't want to do is, is get on the wrong side of your own fans. Right. And the, I want to point out something that Kevin said uh, about moving, you know, your base of operations to Hallis Hall. Do you guys are you guys have negative feelings on that move or like? Because uh, I, I know some people hate it. Well, the people who hate it are those who are like, you know, kind of like us, right? They're, they're these people who do podcasts. You know, they run Chicago Bears websites. And it's going to be a lot harder for those people to get credentials and get into training camp. Whereas when it was in Bourbon A, it was completely open to the public, open to everybody. But now that they're saying because it's at Hallis Hall, it's going to be harder to get in. Maybe you have to do a lottery or you have to put your name in and they pick, uh, you know, you know, whoever can go. So it's not going to be easy for these people who love to go take videos. It's going to be more closed off. You're not going to be able to get the full experience of training camp, which was something that, you know, the fans really could enjoy because if you couldn't go to a game, you know, you couldn't pay for that. You couldn't, um, you know, there's no Bears convention. Uh, there There was one last year, but there's no yearly Bears convention. Training camp was really your only opportunity to go interact with the players, interact with the team, and visually see them in person if you weren't going to the game. So the fact that 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 is going to become less of a possibility for a lot of people. Um, I think is what worries most people. And and like for for me, if you know the people who are okay with it are again the players because they don't have to live in the you know crappy Bourbon A uh, places that they have to live in. They can stay right uh, you know at home and then just go to house hall in the morning and that's great for them. And I'm glad that it works for the players, but you know, we're talking here about the fan um, experience and and in that regard, it it is it is a bad move I think overall. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely get both arguments to it. Um, but my thing is, I, I feel like Bourbon A just started becoming kind of like a tradition. Um, and, and the whole, you know, the, the way they incorporated the fans, I, I think, was really awesome. And, you know, I prior to me moving to, to Arizona for school, I, I would go with my buddies every single year. Um, I think we went three years in a row prior to this year. Um, and, you know, it's just a great experience. But you know, then, then again, Kevin, you like you like you said, it, it's the whole. You know, it, it definitely benefits the players, and you know that's that, that's what we want in the long run. So, right. um, you know, it, it's just I don't know. I, I'm I'm right in the middle. Um, I I think you know it, it definitely sucks, and um, you know people. It's more of like a tradition, like a memory thing, you know. Um, but you know it, it 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 as long as it works out in the long run, I I think that that's all that matters. If the team. If this is the difference between the team performing and not performing, I mean, I'd happily do the trade-off. So, yeah, um, you know that 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 to me is the most important thing. Yeah, for me, this is absolutely. I think this is a positive move in the long run because, at the end of the day, this benefits the players. Kevin, yeah. you mentioned the sleeping situation in Bermuda. They were staying in dorms at Olive and yeah. I was going to say yeah. dorms. I didn't want to be wrong. Yeah, right. That's yeah. Crazy. Like in, and for training camp and mini cap when they're there for a week, you know, and they're there all the time. Like I know some of the media even would stay in the dorms, like yeah, and, and stay down there. So I mean, it's just it's better to not have to drive an hour 
from where you're going to be at on game days and not split that time, you know? So I, I feel like, you know, let these guys go back to their homes, let these guys like make an easier commute and it, it's just easier on their bodies, on their mentality for sure. And I think Chris alluded to it, it it'll be better performance wise than too. these guys will be happier. Um, you know, I'm, I'm never an advocate for taking away from the fan experience, but at some point you have to be like, okay, well it, what's best for the guys who are paying millions of dollars to. So I think that um, in the end is what kind of made that decision. And I, I think the players will be happier for it. And I mean, that's even kind of a, a recruitment thing. So now yeah. you can say, Hey, you don't have to go to Bur- Bourbon, a, <laughs> Illinois uh, just to practice. So I, I think that'll be good. Any more comments you guys are uh, points you want to make about the fan situation, the ownership situation. One last thing about about the whole training camp thing. You know, the real reason why I think they did it is because we saw evidence this year of a team coming out slow, right? You know, in, in those first three games, we were wondering, you know, what is going on with this team? And some people attributed it to them not playing in the preseason. Well, okay, if you're not playing in the preseason, where are you getting all your reps? Where are you getting all your mental reps? Where are you uh, putting everything together before the season? That's training camp. So maybe they said, look, you know, what was going on at Bourbon A? Again, these people, the, the players living in dorms, they, they weren't having a good time. And maybe that affected the way they practiced and the way they prepared prepared for the 2019 season and the ultimate effect of that was losing some games early on uh, in the year and coming out flat especially against the Green Bay Packers so to me that could be a possible reason as to why that decision was ultimately ultimately made because training camp is essential it is very essential especially for a guy like Matt Nagy who does not like to play his players in the preseason you got to get your reps you got to get your game speed reps and you got to get mentally ready in training camp and if they weren't just mentally right in Bourbon A they say let's move it to house Hall, let's get it mentally right because like you guys mentioned i'm totally on board with that at the end of the day you know it, you know i'd rather have the team be successful than me get to go see a training camp uh that, that's ultimately uh the way i see it so um let's hope let's hope that maybe this will uh, inspire them and make them you know improve a little better in training camp yep yeah I, I think another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think you guys just hit it all on the head. Yeah, all right. Well, then we will keep it moving here in this podcast, this Comeback Bears podcast for Bears Nation podcast. Um, this is just kind of a, a quick one. I think Von Miller made some comments about Mitch Trubisky saying that he thinks he's a good quarterback and that he thinks he can succeed. Um, I don't think this is anything you need to read into. Von Miller isn't Richard Sherman. He's not a guy who trash talks and goes out of his way to upset people because he thinks you're dirt and that he can smack you in the mouth. Uh, Von Miller's a nice guy. Seems like a genuinely delightful person to hang out with. Um, of course he was going to say nice things about Mitch. He's not going to come out here and say, oh, yeah, that guy stinks. I'm sure some guys would. But, I mean, we know Von Miller just isn't that type of dude. Right. And, you know, I... I... And, you know, I think it's so. I think it holds a little bit of value. I mean, just you know, these guys, these guys don't always lie. I mean, and this is a guy like Von Miller. He's been to Super Bowl. He's been around the league. He knows what he's talking about. And again, this was said on a podcast where he was talking to Dan Katz, Barstool Big Cat, who's a, a big Bears fan from Chicago. 
Chicago. So he might have been saying it to kind of sweet talk uh, Big Cat there. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to really interpret whether it's meaningful or not. But, you know, it's always nice to see somebody say that and give you a little bit of hope to see, okay, this is one of the best defenders in the league, a guy that he's actually played against too. So he's seen Mitch Trubisky firsthand. And for him to say that he likes what he sees in Mitch Trubisky's game and, and sees that he could possibly be a good player in the future, um, you know, it, you know, take it as it is. And, and it will take it and hope to believe that it's true. Yeah, you know, I I'm not I'm not one of those people um, that's gonna completely change my opinion because you know a, an athlete did on on a certain topic, um, so something like this at least, you know, it, it's just look I I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I think he was just trying to be nice. I think he was just you know just get, give a humble answer, um, a respectful answer, and just move on with it. I I think that's all it was. I I think that Von Miller believes in what he said. I don't think he was lying, but. He didn't say anything like substantial. He he said a lot of like uh, beat around the bush. Like he said, oh, he he can he can be good, and I've yes. like I liked what I've seen from him, and so on and so forth. Yeah. It was a lot of very vague generalities that, that you could really say yeah. about anybody. Um, yeah, that's exactly so, what I was gonna say. Like I feel like he, he everything he said was very vague and and just kind of you know I like you said I don't think he was necessarily lying. It's just kind of you know just given a, a proper respectful answer um and and you know leaving it at that right all right well let's keep it moving then uh this one's kind of a big one and could explain what was a big question mark uh from the season Cleo Mack rumors about a back injury um as someone who has had a back injury and that kept me out of a lot of stuff for a long time uh back injuries suck and you you and your entire body is just completely like it is tough to do anything. I'm, I mean, we don't know the severity of it. If it was a strain, if it was a tear, so on and so forth. Um, I'm sure it was. I mean, clearly it was something he could play through. Uh, but I just know, like, and I'm talking like, I I don't play NFL football. I can't even imagine what it's like to play with, you know, let's say it was a strain. Like that affects your entire livelihood. That it affects everything you do. So I think there is some credence here like I, I think that there is some credibility to the notion that Cleo Mack was hurt and if it is a back injury that would explain a lot yeah I mean I, I've also dealt with back injuries and it's one of those things like you mentioned it lingers and it doesn't go away quickly especially in such a violent physical sport like football even if you took the time and went through the prop uh, proper necessary things to do to heal your back it doesn't take much, uh, especially as an edge rusher, to, to restrain it, to repull whatever muscle. So I think that is huge because the one thing we said about Khalil Mack is he's lacking explosiveness uh, in 2019. He wasn't looking like him say, his same self. So this would be a huge explanation. Now, remember, this is not confirmed. This is just a rumor, and it, it might one of those be those things that he never confirms, or we will have to wait until next training camp for him uh, to say anything about it. But if it is indeed true, it explains a lot, and it ultimately explains that, that you know, uh, decline in his numbers and just the overall decline in his explosiveness and decline uh, in his play in 2019. So um, really, really interesting to see if this is true, but it would totally make a lot of sense. And I think everyone also would agree that, okay, that is the reason uh, why he performed the way he did in 2019. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, we, we were sitting every, literally every episode and, 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 you know, we were bringing it up like, man, what is going on with Kill Mac? Like what, you know, people, People started asking if, you know, the trade with the Raiders was a mistake, this and that. And, you know, you know, if, if this were to be true, it would explain everything. And, you know, I'm not 
I'm not trying to make excuses for Khalil Mack um, because, you know, we, like Jake said, you know, we don't really know the severity of it. Um, but, you know, I, I, like you guys also said, back injuries are, are, are nothing to play with. It's pretty serious. So, um, you know, it, it would explain a lot. And, and you know, hopefully if, if that is the case, he heals up quickly. I think if it was more serious and it was something like a surgery or something, we would have heard about it by now. I mean, because, yeah, you know, if yeah. Khalil Mack gets a, gets a surgery, that you're not keeping that from Kevin Fishbane or Adam Hogue or whomever. Like, you're hearing about that. So hopefully, and it seems like it's something that can be dealt with with just an offseason of rehab and, you know, maybe some rest and other, you know, things that the NFL can provide because it's the NFL and Khalil Mack has millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to get the best treatment possible. So yeah. I, I, I think he'll be okay. And it, but that doesn't take away from the fact that there are some things that need to change on defense. Like there was some other things and other guys being hurt certainly didn't help him. Um, so that too, but Khalil Mack still one of the best players in the league. No doubt about it. Yep. Yep. Um, I want to talk about one more injury, though, because we heard about it today. Danny Trevathan said he is fully mm-hmm. clear he is good to go to start football activities again. Uh, you know, that's great. It's January. Still had some time to kill. Um, but he said he is ready to go 100%. He's about to t- kick things up about 10 more notches, he said in a tweet. So that's exciting. Sounds like he is excited to get back. Um, I'm sure... The Bears, we might see some kind of contract restructuring or something with him. But, uh, you know, I, I think Danny Trevathan comes back a bear. So, Excuse you, Jake. I believe he said 100 notches. I need to <laughs> confirm. I think he said 100 notches, which is a big difference from 10. He said 100. All right, get it right. No, and it, I, they need to they need they need to resign this man. I mean, it, it just needs to be done. And I and we talked a lot during the 2019 season about you know what are they going to do? Are they going to keep quit? Are they going to keep Kevin Pierre Louis? Are they going to keep Danny? Two of the three, three of the three, zero of the three. We didn't really know. To me, it is 100% clear right now. I think they keep Danchevath and they resign him. He goes back to being the leader of that defense, and then they also keep Kevin Pierre Louis and have him develop. I mean, he's he's a guy who's not going to be going for a lot of money, but they know and we've seen the potential that he has because I just I, I just really think Nick Kwiatkowski is actually bound to make big money in free agency. Uh, the way he played, he proved that he can be a viable above average uh, starting inside linebacker in the NFL. I think he'll be gone. But if you go into 2019 with Roquan, uh, 2020 rather, uh, with Roquan Smith, uh, Danny Trevathan and, and Kevin Pierre-Louis, I think that's fantastic to me. Uh, that That's clear and Danny Trevathan needs to be back in 2020. Well, it is 2020. needs to be back this year, 100% without a doubt. Yeah, you know, Danny Trevathan is one of those guys that already plays with a lot of fire and juice. And can you just imagine a, a Danny Trevathan that's fired up that, that you know, missed how many weeks did he miss? I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but he missed, you know, a lot of time during the season. And, and, you know, he look, he was, you know, we all know the type of person Danny Trevathan is. And, you know, he was itching to be out there with his teammates. So. Um, you know, I think you bring him back and, you know, you get a very fired up Danny Trevathan in 2020. I think he'd be fired up either way. But, I mean, with this injury and this comeback now, uh, that's going to be even more. I think Kwiatkowski, just to hit on that really quick, I think that that's something where the Bears might figure something out. Like, he he's very comfortable in his role on this Bears team. But, I mean, you get a shot at starting, you perform that well. I think uh Kevin, you're probably right. He goes somewhere else, but 
it'll be good to see him be a starter and continue to evolve into a, a better player and a very impactful player. Yeah, and you want to talk about well-earned money. I mean, again, you, we'll go back to – I mean, I'll, I'll talk about this the rest of my life, about how I said this was a guy who was going to be cut uh, in training camp of last year. And then the way he performed, I mean, he shut everybody up, everybody who was doubting him. Well-earned money for Nick Witowski, whether it's with the Bears or not. All yep. right, next. Eric Ebron, a guy that Kevin has been high on the entire I time. I think him. he first mentioned it about a month ago, a couple episodes ago. Um and we talked about the possibility that, you know, this is a big guy who had a lot of success with Andrew Luck, uh, made made the Colts' passing attack more diverse, didn't have – did he play at all this year? Had a yeah. lot of injuries this year. He, yeah, he played. He played, yeah. Okay, had a lot of injuries this year, had a lot to work with, and then he tweeted a couple eye emojis here and there with some quote tweets tied to the Bears, stuff like that. Um, I like this. I, I would like this move a lot. I think Eric Ebron is talented. Uh, I think he could really – add another threat, a vertical threat to the Bears offense that they don't have clearly. And we've talked at length about how this tight ends room needs to be overhauled. But Kevin, this is your guy, so I'll let you go. Yeah, this this is the move that has to be made. I mean, you saw Keem Hicks and Tariq Cohen reply to that tweet saying, you know, come over to Chicago. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I mean, th- I think it has to be, yeah. People will say, oh, Hunter Henry's out there. Oh, let's draft Bryce Hopkins or the guy who has drawn a whole bunch of attention after the senior bowl. I think it absolutely has to be Eric Ebron. Again, the, the ties are too strong with the whole Mitch Trubisky UNC thing. And now all the social media stuff. I mean, say what you want. It's significant. I mean, those kinds of things, you know, players do that a lot. And oftentimes it actually is significant. So I think the odds of it happening are very high. It's just, you have to go back to what they're going to do with Trey Burton. But, uh, um, I think regardless of that, no matter what they do with him, they still have the money. They still have the cap space to hold uh, and bring Eric Ebron in. So to me, I'm all on board. I've been saying it for a few months now, and I think it's the best possibility for the Bears to overhaul that tight end room. Look, I, you know, we talked about all year how important it was to get tight end production, especially in our offense. And, and you know, what, what every single time we got decent, just decent tight end production, the Bears offense looks so much better. Um, so, you know, look, there's no other way to bolster your offense than to sign, um, you know, a, the best tight end on the market, in my opinion. I Look, he might be a little bit costly. He might be a little bit expensive. But, you know, if you can add a guy like Eric Ebron to, to, to this offense, you make your offense a lot more dynamic. So, um, Eric Ebron, I think you 100%, 100% bring him in if you get the opportunity. I think you do too, and it seems like he has the desire to come here and make something happen, and that's that's what you always like too, like have guys that want to come play and yes. team up with other guys. That's I mean, he has that desire, so that's a huge plus as well. Um, anybody else that you guys have been looking at as far as free agents go? I haven't really gone into it much yet, but I mean, Ebron's definitely on the list. I haven't really looked at the O-line yet, but do you guys have anyone that you're hoping the Bears can make a run at? Well, I mean, I mean, O-line to me is something that'll be addressed in the draft. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to make a splash. We're talking about splashes that they're going to make in free agency. I think it's Ebron, and I think I do think it's going to be an outside linebacker. I have the list pulled up here. You got Terrell Suggs, Michael Kendricks, Nigel Bradham of Philadelphia, Mario Addison of Carolina, Shaquille Barrett's going to get big-time money. He won't be on the market. Uh, Bruce Irvin, Marcus Golden, Lorenzo Alexander. I mean, there's 10 guys right there who can be a lot more productive than Leonard Floyd was this year, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I, I 
I would like to see them go after an outside linebacker like Marcus Golden, who had 10 sacks this year. He's probably one of my top guys that I see. He's only getting paid $3,750,000 with the New York Giants this year. So relatively cheap, um, made a little bit more money this year. But I think they make a splash at the outside linebacker position. Everything else, to me, uh, are things that are going to be addressed um, through the draft. Actually, one more thing, wide receiver. I think Robbie Anderson is a name to watch at wide receiver. They need to replace their deep threat if they're going to get rid of Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, I'm I'm 100%. I, I was going to name an, an outside linebacker type of player in Yannick Ngakwe uh, from the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he can give you those, you know, 9 to 13 sacks a year. And, and you know, he's just as, as good as Leonard Floyd in the run game, in my opinion. I think he is... I think he is exactly what Leonard Floyd was supposed to be, at least in my opinion. Um, he's fast. Um, you know, he, he just he, he's a nightmare for offensive linemen. So, um, you know, the, the, he has the speed and the, and the strength. So, um, you know, I, Yannick Ngakwe, I think he is also going to be slightly expensive. But, um, if, I mean, I, look, I think, I think there's nothing that gives the Bears more of an advantage in terms of just signing one player at, at a position, then if the Bears were to get a good edge rusher opposite of Khalil Mack, I think, I think that is that is just a that's a necessity for the Bears. I I, I just I think that has to happen. Yeah, I I think that's a big one that's going to be addressed, especially with Leonard Floyd and whatever the decision ends up being on him. I'm sure we're going to in future episodes get our collective list because it also depends on who becomes a free agent who becomes a who gets extensions so on so on so on right all right let's talk about the big one because chris has got to go soon um the coaching changes john d filippo qb coach david Gohn, new passing game coordinator which is a new position and then bill lazar as the oc Nagy just completely giving up on not i'm not giving up but passing over the offensive duties really to a whole new crew. Uh, I like this. I like the crew that's being assembled. These guys are all QB specialists. These guys all have experience. Uh, They all have success uh, developing quarterbacks uh, previously, Uh, specifically DeFilippo with Foles in Philadelphia and Minshew in Jacksonville this year, I think is a huge one. These guys have pedigree. These guys have a track record. Uh, I think this is a great move. Uh, and I think this is a very humble move by Nagy, which, you know, a lot of us, I don't think would be expecting from him. Here's what makes me happy about all these signings. They're, they're clearly going after an identity. They made all of these signings based off of their experience with quarterbacks and their experience in the run game. And those are the two things that need to be fixed. You need to fix the quarterback and then you need to fix this run game in this offensive line. I love Love the John Filippo hiring. I absolutely love it. He helped develop Wentz. There's that viral video go around of him uh, asking Wentz all those questions ahead of the draft. I think he's a great quarterback mind. He did great with six-rounder Gardner Minshew last year. He, to me, is the best hire of them all. And I, I, I do not like to build laser higher, but you can see where Matt Nagy is coming from. You look at the 2018 Bengals were 14th, rushing DBOA. 2017 Bengals with him were 20th, but the 2015 Dolphins with him were second in rushing DBOA. So he has a little bit of experience being at the top of the league as um, a running back coordinator, as or as a rushing coordinator, you know, doing uh, good things in the running game. So I can see why he did that. It is I don't like it. He won't be calling plays, but 
I understand why. So I, I think a, as a whole, this staff got a lot better, in my opinion. If you want to talk about turnaround from 2019-2020, this is a better staff, more tailored to help the quarterback, more tailored to help the run game, which those two things in part will help the offense in 2020. Yeah, look, I, I mean, it's it's very clear and obvious what the Bears are trying to do here. And they were just trying to set up a staff with, you know, QB coach experience, you know, guys that, that know how to develop a quarterback have had history of doing so. So, you know, it, it's how can you how can you disagree with it? You know, I mean, they're they're um, they're trying to give Mitch uh, the most help possible. And, and, you know, we we all want Mitch to succeed. So um, this is a this is a step in the right direction, in my opinion. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where obviously we're going to have to wait and see what happens. But, um, you know, I, I the thing that makes me feel a lot more comfortable is the fact that I kind of see the vision with these hires you know you see the plan you see the vision um they they go after they went after coaches who have a ton of qb coaching experience and um you know we we've quarterback has been a problem for us for a while and um so if we can get that solved i think we're having different conversations next year yeah it's i don't want to look too far ahead with it but i think like you said this is this thing is taking shape it's making it's sending a very clear message uh to everyone so I like it though. I, I like the I like the passing game coordinator aspect of it. I like that they are specifically saying, okay, we know this is an issue. We know we have to work on this, so we're creating a new position specifically to address this. Um, and I think that also indicates, like, you know, you have all of these new guys that you're bringing in. I think that indicates that there is going to be a type of quarterback battle in camp and in the in as the season as the off season progresses, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree. To me, out of all of these four coaching, I said I like John DeFilippo, but the one I actually might like even more is Clyde Barone. Uh, or Clancy, Clancy. I keep calling him Clyde. I don't know why. It's Clancy Barone, tight ends coach. Um, he has had four tight end players get voted to the Pro Bowl as the coach of them. I think that's huge. Again, we're going to keep hitting on the fact that the tight ends are a pinnacle of this offense. Um, and with Ebron or whoever it is uh, that they need to do, I think I think Clancy Barone's going to do a lot of good things. Juan Castillo uh, hired as uh, the offensive line coach. He turned Josh Allen. He did a lot of good things with the rushing game in Buffalo. Josh Allen had 681 yards rushing, eight touchdowns in his time over there. They had a great run game over there. Their offense was built off of that. So ju- just all in all, yes, this is going to bring quarterback competition and and you know that is something to mention but i think this is mainly mainly the the reason that he built this staff is to help the run game and from what we've seen we can talk about uh you know the super bowl in a little bit but from what we've seen from these nfl playoffs you're gonna win games deep in the season with the run game the tennessee titans have done that the 49ers have done that that's why they find themselves in the super bowl so it's it's, it's refreshing to see that matt Nagy can kind of understand that look we might have to throw away a little bit of the air raid offense simply because we don't have the personnel to do so and let's commit to a rushing attack in 2020 and in that case i think the bears would be successful yep huge year for david montgomery on the way in my opinion yeah you have to you have to get that attack more balanced um Kevin Ever the Hype Man, I think uh, that that was a good way to end that conversation because, you know, you there's you got to get excited. You have to because if we keep talking about what went wrong uh, last year, then we're never going to move on from it. And this is this coaching staff is going through turnover. There's going to be new players. There's going to be new guys to address this. So I think we just got to focus on the positives and what we like and, you know, see what kind of players these guys bring in to continue moving this thing forward. 
All right. Anybody have any closing words before we get out of here? Uh, I do not. I just want to know you, who you guys think is going to win the Super Bowl. I, I this is I think going to be one of the better Super Bowls uh, of all time, in my opinion. I mean, it's two totally polar opposite teams. You got one team that 100% commits to the run, and you have another team that 100% commits to the pass. So, um, if I had to make a pick, I'd go with the 49ers. But I want to know what you guys think before we head out. Um, you know, I my gut is telling me Kansas City. I think this is their year. Um, I'm going to go Chiefs 24, 49ers 20. I'm going with the Chiefs as well. Uh, Nick Algretti, uh, offensive lineman from Illinois, got to go with that support. Got to see him dance on the field. Um, but I, I, I do, I do actually like the Super Bowl. This is going to be interesting. This is kind of just a battle of two different sides, and it's going to be interesting. And it's yeah. going to be, I know one fact for sure about the Super Bowl. I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty, it will be better than last year's because last year stunk. Yep. Yep. So we have that. that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. Chris has got to get to class. So we are going to get out of here. A good welcome back episode from us to you guys. We are going to give an update at some point on when the next episode will be. Once stuff starts happening with free agency and all those moves start happening, we'll come back and we will give you more breakdowns of that stuff. But until then, for myself, for Kevin, and for Chris, Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Chicago. Chicago.